a message tonight. It's called Just Do It. Just do it. And um, I really had been praying and thinking about, you know, what to bring to this campus. And I felt God say it's time for activation. That many times people come from all different backgrounds and places. And I was actually just talking to a friend of mine this morning. And he was sharing with me how he lived in another state for years. And he went to a church, got saved in that church, and is very grateful for his salvation. But he said the truth was he was in that church for about 10 years, and then he moved states. He now lives here in San Diego, and then he came into an awakened campus. And he said if he was honest, everything changed when he came to this campus, to this church. And it was because of this one thing. He had an encounter with God himself. He heard, he understood, he had knowledge But at some point in a service at Awakened Church, he encountered the presence of Jesus and it changed everything. His entire life looks completely different today than it did, you know, prior to coming to this church. And I've been able to witness that happening. It's just an extraordinary message. One day I told him he needs to preach it. It's going to be awesome. But anyhow, I want to share from a passage of scripture in Acts, and it's chapter 3, verse 1 through 16. So I'm going to share from the Bible. We're going to read a story, and then um, we are going to get right on into it. This is what the Bible says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the men held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or our own godliness, we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Can I get a big cheer and amen for the God of our universe? 
I want to share a few things from that passage of scripture. Number one, take a stand for Jesus now. Live what you believe now. I do not believe that Christianity is passive. It is front forward. When there is a battle, Christians run to it. But we are not left without anything. God has given us gifts of his spirit that activate us to do what only God can do. Save, heal, miracles. Those are from Jesus himself. But what I love about this passage is, you know, the beggar was watching. Can I ask you a question tonight? Who's watching you? People are watching us. They're not just watching Pastors Jurgen and Leanne. They're not just watching people on a platform. Your world, the people in your world are watching you. They were watching Peter. He was watching Peter and John. And he had the courage to ask. But I find it interesting because he didn't ask to be healed. The Bible says he asked for money. This is what I love about Peter and John. They looked at the man and they saw beyond even what he was saying and asking. They saw beyond the symptom. And they went, no, no, no. You don't just need money. You need to walk. They could see beyond what he was asking. We as Christians have got to see beyond the surface. We have to see beyond the story being told. We've got to look behind the curtain and go, no, through the eyes of Jesus, what does this person really need? You know what would make his life well? You know, money might have just helped him for a moment. That healing was forever. We gotta look beyond the surface to the people that surround us. We gotta look beyond the story and we have to see through wisdom and discernment through the eyes of Jesus, what do the people in front of me actually need? And when the time comes, when there is a person in need, are we prepared to step out? Because to me, Christianity isn't just for us. And it is for us. It's amazing. It's an activation. There's salvation. There's all these things. But it's also for the people that surround us. And so um, I can remember, even in in my own life, um, moments of having opportunities to really stand up for God, stand out, um, and and take a stand for Jesus. Years ago, I was working at a company called Culver Careers. It was my first career job out of college, and um, it was a recruiting agency. And so I worked as a recruiter. And I was just getting to know the people. I had just moved to San Diego. This is a long time ago. And, um, you know, just moved here, was trying to make friends, start a whole new life, and um, join this company. It's my first career job, so it's like, you know, really serious. Everything's on the line. i got to do well. And so um, I joined, and there was only that I knew of maybe one other Christian in the company that I was working for. And one night they asked a bunch of us to go out to dinner. And I'm like, yes, I'm trying to make friends. This is going to be so great. And we all go out to dinner and there's all this topic of conversation. And then all of a sudden the conversation turns and they begin to talk about church and churches. And I'm like, yes, I know something about this. Come on, this is awesome. And they keep talking about churches. And I'm just waiting to like jump in. Like I have something to say here. I was raised a Christian. I was born a Christian. Here we go. And so they're chatting. And then all of a sudden, and the conversation begins to turn and they start talking about Holy Ghost Christians and Holy Spirit Christians and how weird they all are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're talking about me. I'm not weird. And 
and I'm, and I'm sitting there and all these thoughts are going through my head and, and, and they keep talking and I keep getting more nervous and then I'm like, I need to say something, I need to say something. And I didn't. And I got in my car that night and I'll never forget it. I was so, so ashamed of myself. I couldn't believe that I had an opportunity to speak about the living God who I knew was real and true and who wasn't weird and who was amazing. And I didn't take that moment. And I remember sitting there in my car apologizing to Jesus and then saying, Jesus, if you give me another opportunity, I know I can't go back to that one, but if you give me another opportunity, I wanna stand for you. I never wanna feel what I felt in that moment ever again. I want to take a stand. Taking a stand happens little by little. You don't just wind up on a stage. You don't just wind up in front of a camera. You don't just wind up in front of a group of people. It's the moments in private when it's time for us to step up and stand out. Well, a few years later, I was now working for uh, another company, so I had done well at Culver Careers, even with that little mess up. And um, a couple years later, I was working for a company called Paychex. Probably many of you know them. Big corporation all throughout America. I was a sales rep and account executive. They hired me. Um, they called me green. I was new. I didn't really do outside sales before I joined this company, so they were taking a chance on me. I joined the company in my first month. Um, God was amazing and there were so many different opportunities. And in that first month, I didn't just hit all the goals. I was hitting records in the company. And I don't say that to like praise myself. I say that because in an industry, you actually have to gain trust, gain respect by doing something. And um, they took a chance on me and it was starting to work. And so all of a sudden, I'm having some financial success and then we have this um, kind of big company conference and all of the big wigs, all of the higher ups, everybody was flying in for this conference for paychecks. And it was here in San Diego and we're at a beautiful hotel and um, you know, there's the whole morning is just rah, rah for the company and it's all awesome. And then they have this um, break for lunch. And so I'm kind of like, I'm newer to the company. I'm like, you know what? It's cool. All the big wigs are here, but I'm just going to you know, kind of stay, step aside, don't need to, you know, have any waves here. And so for lunch, um, instead of being kind of with everyone, I was like, saw that there was like an outside area. I'm like, cool, perfect. I'm going to go there. So I go sit in this outside area. And then as I sit there, all of a sudden, this one girl comes over and she sits at my table. I'm like, oh, she's the top sales rep in the company. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, and then the other, this other guy comes and I'm like, oh, he's the other top guy in our company. Okay, awesome. And then next thing you know, my table that I just happen to be sitting at is filled with the top people in the company, including the owner of Paychecks. Sits down at the middle of the table. I'm like, I am trying to be a fly on the wall. I don't want to be on the wall. Anyways, and so I'm there. All of them are there. And the conversation's going, and it's all happening. Then all of a sudden, the conversation turns. <laughs> and they start talking about the universe and the secret. What's the big secret? And so they're talking about speaking to the universe and the universe speaking back. And then and I'm like, oh, and I could feel. I could feel the moment coming. Oh Lord, you have prepared a moment. And I'm getting nervous. And I'm probably getting red. And then 
the owner of Paycheck says, you know, do you guys believe in marriage? Do you believe that one man could be married to one woman for the rest of their life? Like, is monogamy, is that a thing? Like, will it really work? And I knew a bit of his history. He had been divorced. There was a lot of debauchery in the company, so I could only assume the culture. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then, and then, and they're talking about all these things. And then I remember he looks straight at me and he says, what do you think? And my moment arrived. And so I looked at him and I said, well, I do believe in marriage and that it is between one man and one woman for the rest of their life. But the reason I believe that is because I believe in the Bible. And the reason I believe in the Bible is because I had an encounter with Jesus who discovered the Bible. And so the reason and the answer to your question is yes, I believe that, but that's only because I believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior. The other top sales rep over here, she was talking about love candles. Like it was the funniest thing. Like you can't make this stuff up. I had like the secret on one side, love candles on the other, and I'm like, I'm going Jesus. And uh, he looked at me and then he, um, <laughs> He began to ask me a series of questions and uh, the table all turned and I, I had the table and I got to share about Jesus to all of the top people in the company and they looked at me and they said, I don't understand everything, but I respect you. God will give us moments. Moments can pass us by. We have to choose to take a stand when the moment is presented to each of us. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Another version says, do not be embarrassed by the message of Jesus. We've got to stand up. If there's any time in history, it is now to stand up for Jesus Christ, to stand up for truth in a very dark world. It's time to bring the light of the gospel to those that crave it and need it the most. We cannot sugarcoat. We cannot take away. We cannot add. We've got to speak the word of God in truth and in love to a people who so desperately need it. Point number two, pray now. Pray now. Why do I say that? One of my biggest pet peeves, if I can be honest, can I just share? We're getting, up, we're getting up close and personal. It's happening. So one of my pet peeves about praying is when people, you know, say, hey, can you pray for me about such and such? And then, you know, the person responds, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm gonna pray for you. And I hear it all the time. And I'm like, I've literally heard that person say like a billion times. Like how many, do they really pray? And here's something that I learned a long time ago. If I tell somebody, yep, I'm going to pray for you, and I don't, I'm a liar. It's not going to go well for me. I don't want to be lying on myself all the time. So I learned something. If I tell somebody that I'm going to pray for them, then I pray now. And I've learned, and this practice has helped me a whole lot. When somebody says, will you pray for me? And they begin to share their story. I said, do you have a minute? I'd love to pray for you right now. Do you know what could happen right now? Why are we going to wait until I'm in my prayer closet? Let's pray now. Let's see a miracle now. Let's see a healing right now. Let's pray right now. There's not a time to wait. You know, praying for healing and a miracle is typically inconvenient in your schedule. 
Peter and John were on their way to the temple. They were going to church. I bet they had something to do at church. But when they got to that gate, they didn't tell that beggar that was there every day, wait till tomorrow. And that beggar looked up at them and they looked into his eyes and they saw beyond a financial need that this was a time for a healing. They stopped. They interrupted their schedule and they prayed in that moment and a miracle happened. A miracle that everyone began to hear about. A miracle that even today we're talking about. We have no idea the impact of that moment in prayer. Not that long ago, um, I was living downtown and I would go on a lot of prayer walks. Um, that's kind of my thing. I love going on prayer walks. I love praying out loud and walking. And so one night I went out with a friend and we would always go to the, the harbor and we would pray. And so we just, you know, put on, I put on some worship music and it was late at night and it was two of us and we're just walking the harbor and we're just praying in tongues. So we are praying in a language not known to me, but known to God. We are pr praying perfect prayers because the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf through us. So we're praying in tongues and we're praying and we're praying and we're walking. And then we walk kind of the whole of the harbor and we begin to walk back. And all of a sudden I hear some and they say, hey, hey, and they're getting our attention. And I'm like, this could go really good or really bad. It's like really late. At, it's late at night. It's on the harbor. I don't know if you know downtown. We do have a lot of homeless and you know, it's a lot there. And so I'm like, huh. But I felt in that moment to stop. And you got to discern the times. You know, you got to discern the situation in which you were in. I had two strangers screaming, hey, hey. And I look and they looked a little disheveled. They, they, they looked like, you know, some things had gone on and I, and I felt to stop. So my friend and I went and we, we stopped and we said, yes, uh, what's going on? They said, were you praying? And I said, yep. They go, were you praying to Jesus? I said, yep. And they said, and I said, I said, why? And they said, we felt power. I felt power. You were praying to Jesus. I was praying in tongues. They felt the power of the living God. And I stopped in that moment. I said, what's going on? And they said, I knew about Jesus when I was a kid. I remember hearing about Jesus when I was a kid, but, but we've lived our whole lives and we're in such a mess right now. And they began to share the mess that had become their life. And I looked at them and I said, listen, the same power that you felt when I was praying, you can have. And they said, we want that power. And right there in that moment, we were able to lead them to Jesus. But we didn't just lead them to Jesus and get saved. We led them to a Jesus who was filled with the gifts of the Spirit that could break out all kinds of things over their life. And I realized when I was staring at them, they didn't just need salvation. They needed financial miracles. They needed a series of miracles that would shift and change their life. And so we began to talk about finances and we began to realize that there was generational curses of poverty over their family line. I said, let's break that off today. They said, let's do that. And so we prayed and we broke off generational poverty. And then as we're beginning to pray, all of a sudden they begin sobbing. They begin ugly crying because they begin to encounter Jesus. And they're so filled with Jesus that they begin to speak in tongues in a language that they do not know. They hadn't talked about tongues. I didn't break down what tongues were. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they begin to pray in tongues and they're crying and they're sobbing and they're happy and they're full of joy because they're filled with the presence of the living God. Let me tell you that all things are possible when you encounter Jesus. One of my favorite things is people receiving a gift like healing or tongues and then you explain it. 
I think in our modern world, and especially in America, we gotta lay some knowledge aside and we gotta encounter a living God. Knowledge will only get us so far and experience with God himself will change everything. Just to touch on praying in tongues in, in case that's new to you. The Bible says in Jude 1.20, but you beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues is one gift and this particular gift is one that builds us up in our faith. How amazing is that? That there is a gift for us to receive that builds us up in our faith to what? to do the work of the ministry, to do all the things that God has called us to do. God gave us a mission in life, a co-mission, a partnership with God, that we, would, that we would honor God, that we would love God, that we'd bring praise to God, and then that we would minister to those that surround us, that we would make disciples. We are not here on earth just to make salvations, we're to make disciples. What does that mean? Teach everything that we know about Jesus to people that don't know him. That is our mission. So if you've been saved a minute, you got something to teach. You've been saved for seven years, you got a whole lot to teach. We're gonna make disciples. And so I love that God equips us in the work of the ministry. In Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Ever been there? Ever been in a place where like, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what to say. This situation is so insane. How do I say, guess what? Pray in a language not known to you and known to God. Let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting. He's gonna pray perfect prayers. This is what the Bible says. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You can change everything by shifting and not praying in your own English language or si habla en español in your Spanish language or in any other language. And you can begin to pray in a language where the Spirit himself intercedes on your behalf in the throne room of God. What a beautiful thing to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to speak the perfect will of God over your life. I'm telling you, it's time to stir up the gifts of God on the inside of us. You're all with me? Okay, we've got a little bit more. You're going good? Okay. Point number three, minister now. Just do it. Just do it. Minister right now. Well, in a minute. Okay. Second Timothy says, 1, 6 through 7, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, power, a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The Bible's telling us, stir up the gifts on the inside of us. How many people love it at Christmas time when somebody goes out of their way to find the most beautiful, perfect, wonderful gift for you and you wake up on Christmas morning and you're so pumped because you know there's presents under that tree and they're for you. And so you go down and you go and you look at that beautiful gift and you, you stare at its wrapping and it's wrapped so wonderfully. And then what if you just leave that gift at the tree? Get dusty. Who knows what's inside of there? Could be the most powerful, could be the most awesome, could be the most unique. But if we do not unwrap the box... If we do not open it up and receive the gift, that gift is just as powerful, but it's not being activated through you. 
It's sitting dusty. Church, we have got to dust ourselves off. We have got to dust ourselves off. We need to open up the gifts of the Spirit and activate them in their life so that we are alive in Christ well-equipped to minister to those that surround us. And you know what's beautiful about that? It takes the pressure off. I don't know what I would do if I had to stand before somebody and I had to heal them. I had to save them. I am not God, obviously. Everybody's like on the front was like, yeah, Stacy. <laughs> We're not God. God is the one that saves. God is the one that heals. God is the one that performs miracles, but he has chosen to do it through us. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, these are the gifts. Now each, to, each one of, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These gifts are given for the good of all. To the one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of the knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of the healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous power. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes to them, to each one, just as he determines. Now, let me just help clarify a concept. When many of us understand who the Father of God is, we're like, yep, get that, I'm good with the Father. We know that the Father sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins, and that He resurrected three days later, and through Him, we receive eternity. We're like, yep, love it, awesome. But then sadly, in many places, in many churches, not ours, they're whispered, the Holy Spirit. This is a triune God. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how wonderful that when Jesus ascended to heaven, you can read in the book of Acts and the Corinthians, he ascended to heaven and he told the disciples, he said, I want you to gather. I want you to go out and I want you to make disciples of all nations, but I need you to wait until I send you power. I need you to wait until you receive the Holy Spirit himself. And the Bible says that when Jesus ascended to heaven, that the Holy Spirit descended on the people and all the people that were gathered there in that one place, they were gathered in one accord and all received of the Holy Spirit and all were activated. And it says after that day that Peter walked out of that building and he stood in front of thousands of people and he gave the sermon. And as he began to preach and as he began to minister, it's the Bible says that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Don't you think that Peter was speaking before he stood there? Don't you think that there were times that Peter was ministering? But what was different about that day? That day as he stood in front of people, he was filled with the power of the living God. No longer was it on Peter's shoulders. Now he had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him, ready to minister, ready to break out, ready to heal, ready to, to minister to every hurting heart, I'm telling you. I get the question all the time, well, can I be saved and not activate the, the gifts, not use the gifts? Absolutely. But what a sad life. What a not fun life. I gotta be honest. The fun part of Christianity is being filled with the spirit of the living God and then being able to minister to those that surround you. And the reason why I feel like this is so important is because one day there'll be somebody standing in front of you and when they ask and they say, my body is riddled with cancer. When we stand in front of them, what will we say? Oh, I don't have that gift. Oh, I didn't activate that gift. No, church. 
We wanna stand in front of that person. We wanna lay our hands on them. And we wanna believe in the God of the universe that will come and that will heal that person. I had somebody come up to me and they were riddled with cancer. And they said, Stacy, could it be, could it be real that I could be healed? And I said, yes, it can be. Let's pray now. And I prayed for that woman. And then she went to the doctors afterwards and she found out and she called me and she was freaking out. She's like, all of the cancer is gone. There's no more cancer in my body. I'm totally healed. What if you lay your hands on a person and they don't get healed? Well, what if you lay your hands on that person and they do? It is the same God, and I will be honest with you, there are things that we don't understand. I don't understand sometimes when I pray for one and they get healed, and I pray for another and they don't, but God is God, and He is good all the time. I don't understand all the things, but guess what? Christianity isn't up to my knowledge. It's the power of the living God, it's called truth, and we live by truth. And so we will step out and we will pray even when we don't get it. Years ago, I was in Ecuador and you heard that my parents are missionaries there and I grew up there. I uh, moved there when I was 11 years old and uh, I grew up my teenage years there and then I came back here and I've been living in San Diego and they asked me to go back to Ecuador to minister and speak at a women's conference. And so they said, oh, we think we're gonna have a couple hundred people there. I'm like, cool, awesome. Um, I also definitely believe in the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues because I had to preach and minister in Spanish. And I did grow up learning Spanish, but like preaching is a whole nother level and I hadn't been speaking Spanish a lot. And I'm like, I gotta pray, minister, preach in Spanish. And I'm like, okay, God, I can speak in tongues. You can do anything. Give me every word that I need. And so there I was. And uh, I remember I was in the back room and then they um, had me kind of peek out and they said, Stacy, look in there. And I looked, there was a couple hundred people. It was like a thousand people. And I remember going, oh God, like, why did you bring me here? All these people are so expectant. Like, you know, when they don't know how to really like introduce, in South America, this can happen sometimes where when you have a woman speaker, they're like, don't know what to do with you. So the funny thing with me is they wouldn't call me pastor. So they called me everything else. They're like, this is an apostle, a healer. And it was like every other name. I'm like, wow, okay guys, you know, that's a lot. Anyways, I digress. So I'm starting to get a little bit intimidated and I'm like, oh, there's all these people. And I begin to pray. And I remember God saying to me, he said, Stacy, you get up there and you minister your heart out, but this is what I want you to do. Step aside. And I knew what God was saying. He's like, Stacy, step aside. I'm about to do what no human can do on earth. I am a miracle working God. You are simply the vessel tonight. You will speak, you will minister, but sweetheart, step aside because the living God is about to come forth because those people's miracles were not dependent on a human. They were dependent on Jesus himself. And Jesus was in the building. Jesus was ready to minister. Jesus was ready to pour out. I'll finish with that story. So I went up and I preached and I ministered. Hundreds of people got saved. People came forward. There was a, just a breakout of the living spirit of God. There were healings happening all in the building. A woman came up to me and she said, can you pray for me? And she was this little old lady. And I said, yes, what can I pray for you for? And she said, I'm blind. And I'm like, I've got the blind one. 
as if being blind is harder to heal than a headache for Jesus. And I just remembered, step aside. And so I said, okay, let's pray. And so we began to pray. And, and, and all of a sudden, as we're praying, some tears started coming out of her eyes and she opened her eyes and I said, can you see? She's like, I think I can start to see. I'm like, okay, let's pray again. And so I just pray again. And mind you, when we pray, we are speaking to the God of the universe, but it's like talking to a brother. How do you speak to your brother? Plain and simple. We do not need to make up flowery language to see a move of God. We speak to Jesus like we speak to a brother. And he moves. So I'm not, uh, my prayer is something like this. Jesus, heal her. Jesus, she's blind, but Lord, make her to see. Lord, thank you right now. And I just began to pray. And we prayed again. And then we prayed again. And then she opened up her eyes and tears are streaming down her face. And she said, I can see, I can see. And she, the blindness had come off of her and she began to see. Now, from that place, I was preaching in a city called Cuenca. The word had gotten out on the street that all these healings and miracles were happening. So much so that the city next to it, called Asoges, heard about it and said, would you come to our city? Our city needs what your city has. Will you come? There wasn't even yet a Christian church in that city. So they opened up a restaurant, a family-owned restaurant, and they cleared it out. And they brought me and my team and some of my family members, and we did a conference like we did in the first city. We brought it to their city. And I'm telling you, we begin to share about the gospel. And these people, oh my gosh, it was like they were eating popcorn. Like they were just like watching a show. They're like, what is happening, right? And as I'm speaking and ministering, they're just like eyes wide open. I'll never forget it. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, do it again, do it again. And all of a sudden, when I gave the altar call and I had people stand to their feet, I'll never forget that restaurant began to fill with the spirit of the living God. I saw like a cloud as thick as it could ever be in the room. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was ministering. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, people started to get filled with the spirit of God. There were salvations, there were healings. We were barely, I wouldn't even touch a person. They'd be falling under the anointing of God. They didn't know to fall under the anointing of God. They had never seen it before. They're falling under the anointing of God. People start coming in from the streets. This was a women's conference men are pouring in the city is beginning to pour in this restaurant was more packed than it had ever been we couldn't get a single more person in this place it was packed and I remember God saying Stacy look look at what I'm about to do and I remember just taking a moment and watch the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And I began to extend my hand to pray for people. And I remember there were nine people in a row and I just stretched out my hand and they all fell under the power of God. And it was a whole family. It was a grandparent, a daughter, a son, their children. And all of them fell under the power of the, the Spirit. They got up, we led them to the Lord properly. And then as we begin to pray for them, they all begin to speak in tongues. They begin to speak in languages that they did not know. They begin to ask us what is happening. Tears are coming out of their eyes. Joy is filling their spirit. They're saying, what is this? What is happening? I'm like, you just met Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to break down what all the gifts are. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will bypass our knowledge and we will have an encounter with Him that will so change our lives. But I say all of that to say, that it's not on our shoulders 
It's on his. That night I learned a really big lesson. I learned that the gifts, that, that working, that ministering through the power of the Holy Spirit is fun and it's light and it's not, the pressure isn't on me, it's on Jesus. I simply release, I simply let, I simply step aside and let the Holy Spirit do what he does. Can I get everybody to stand to their feet, please? I wanna pray for some people tonight. And I know this was a lot and I didn't have time to break down every single gift. Read the word of God. Let it come alive to you. Continue coming to church. Continue learning of the things of God. You know what I love about God when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit? Is that it bypasses personality. So some of you here are thinking, well, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not gonna step out and pray for someone. I'm not gonna, oh my goodness, folks. Could it be that the God of the universe knit to you together perfectly before time began, he knew you were gonna be here. He designed you in such a way with the gifts that you have on the inside of you to minister to the exact people that he would surround you with. I may not be able to minister to all kinds of different people, but if all of us together minister to the ones that God puts around us, I'm telling you a city can be saved, a nation can be saved. When we come alive in Christ, when we let go of our insecurities and we rely on Jesus himself, all things are possible. So tonight I wanna do this. I wanna activate the gifts of God in our life. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna ask everyone to repeat it that wants to activate the gifts of God or reactivate. You were sitting here thinking, gosh, I knew the gifts once. I used to speak in tongues. I used to pray for people. But if I were honest with myself, they got dusty. Those gifts are sitting there untapped and unused. Tonight, let's make a recommitment to activate those gifts and to step out outside of ourselves into the realm of God, into the realm of all things possible. This is what I wanna do. If you have never spoken in tongues before and you want to, I want you to come forward um, right now. I just want you to come forward. If there are some of you that have never laid your hands on someone and they've gotten healed, I want you to come and I want you to stand on the altar. We're gonna activate the gifts of God. We're gonna see the miraculous. We're gonna see the city of San Marcos and the beyond begin to shift and begin to change. I want you, if you've never stepped out and been part of a miracle, step out right now. Let's activate the gifts of God. If you have never prophesied over someone, if you've never stepped out and actually given a word of encouragement to somebody else that is not from you but is from God, then step out of your seat. Tonight is a night of activation. The Holy Spirit is here. He's here where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is life and life in abundance. If you want to activate those gifts, if you want to reactivate those gifts in your life, then step forward. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this all together. I'm going to pray a prayer where we are going to recognize the triune God. We are going to recognize and we are going to receive the fullness of who God is. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and every good gift from heaven above that He gives us, we are going to activate tonight. So we're going to receive. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me that prayer. And then those of you that have never prayed in tongues before, you're going to pray in tongues tonight. Here's how it works. It's a partnership between you and God. God does not come and take over your mouth and make you speak because we're not robots. 
and because God is a gentleman. And so instead, what we do is we put breath to the words that God gives us. And you say, but I'm not going to understand those words. Correct, you will not, but God will. And the power of God will begin to minister through you. So all you have to do is you have to speak out. You have to let the breath that is on the inside of you. I always say it comes from here, from the inside. It's not a vocal thing. It's from inside. The Holy Spirit lives in you. It lives in you. And so he will minister through you. And then you will put breath to the words he gives you and you will begin to speak in your very own prayer language and then we're going to activate the rest of the gifts. Are you with me, church? Okay. And those of you who have not come forward, I'm assuming that you already pray in tongues, that you're already uh, prayed for people and they get healed or you prophesy, you're activating the gifts. You participate too. See all these beautiful people? I want you to begin to pray for them. And if you're around them, just put your hand on their shoulder. Don't be a weirdo. Jesus is not weird. We don't need to like add to the Holy Spirit. An encounter with the Holy Spirit is enough. When he comes upon us, all things happen. We might fall under the power of the Holy Ghost. We might just, you know, begin to shake because God is so touching us. We might begin to cry. We may feel nothing at all. Feelings will follow truth. Feelings will follow the principles and the word of God. All I'm saying is that tonight, for those of you that are around these beautiful people, just pray, pray, pray. We're gonna activate our gifts, okay. Everybody ready? I want you to pray this prayer after me. God, come on, I wanna hear it loud. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. And that three days later, he resurrected and reconciled eternity for me. And I receive the Holy Spirit who He sent. And I receive every good gift from heaven above into my life. And I activate every good gift in the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.